In this episode, I speak to Old Belvedere, Ulster and Ireland scrum half Catherine Dane. Life in women's rugby in Ireland is tough and it's a relentless cycle of training, playing and work. Cathy embraces the lifestyle and is positive about the future of women's rugby in Ireland. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to Cathy and you'll enjoy listening to her inspirational story of pursuing greatness on the field while juggling this with her job as a physio. I hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning because I know That's you're body, you're so busy. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's much appreciated. But uh, that's no worries. Yeah. So it's um, I thought it would be good actually to speak to you. I'd spoken to um, your housemate Jenny, or I don't know if you're still living with her, but um, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I spoke to her a few weeks ago, and I've spoken to a few Ulster girls as well. So. Um, Claire McLaughlin and Gemma Jackson, people like that. So I thought it would be great to um, to, to get chat. Yeah, yeah. Well. So who I play club rugby with down here as well. So yeah, yeah. So here, so yeah. Um, just to give you a bit of background, um, so I do like an Ulster rugby website just as a um, a sort of side thing, and uh, yeah, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts. I've done sort of written interviews before, but I think podcasts are slightly better. They're just easier. Yeah, yeah. To listen to it and stuff like that so they're brilliant yeah yeah so and uh, i've listened to a few of the podcasts oh, from you. some of the girls interviews as well and they're, they're really good so yeah oh that's <laughs> great thank you so much um but yeah so i i just i just find it very interesting speaking to, to people from different backgrounds so spoken to current players sort of current Ulster guys uh ex-players and then uh the women's team as well i, I just find it interesting to get a bit of background on, on sort of how people get into rugby um, how you keep performance at a high level and a bit more about sort of lives outside the game and, and how you find balance and things like that so because we don't have much time I'll, I'll just launch straight in so of course um, yeah yeah could you could you tell me what brought you down to, to Dublin and to Old Belvedere and um, yeah what's life like down there um, I suppose my first introduction to Dublin was uh, with the under-18 um, Irish Sevens team uh, where a lot of our training sessions were in DCU anyway and uh, from playing there I kind of um, got chatting to a lot of the girls and they were kind of talking about different AL clubs that they would be joining um, once they hit the kind of senior uh, age grade and uh, also then probably playing um, with Ulster from a young age as well, really helped me then when I broke onto the senior Ulster squad, uh, you know, a lot of the girls from the likes of Leinster and Munster kind of noticed me and they they wanted me to to come join them uh, down in Dublin to to play AIL rugby. Um, And I suppose uh, I was definitely looking around and it was a a good toss up between Belleville and Blackrock and Railway. Uh, But I went down to an old Belvedere training session um, one night in first year of college and uh, they all really made such an effort to, to to get to know me and get me involved and everything. So, uh, yeah, and I was just in awe of uh, the likes of like Jenny Murphy, Sophie Spence, Maz O'Reilly, Nora Stapleton, um, Ayla Sheegan. They, they were all at the training session and they knew my name and it was yeah. it was lovely. I was just, it is a really fond memory uh, for me yeah. that was kind of like, oh, I belong yeah. somewhere here. Yeah. Um, and I haven't looked back. I really, really enjoy playing my rugby in Dublin. I'm still still an Ulster girl, like at heart, uh, but it just it's it's uh, for my degree and everything as well. It, it really was the right place for me to be. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so tell me a bit more about your, obviously you, you, you did a degree. Tell me a bit more about the job you're doing now and even a bit more about the balance that you have to find between uh, working and playing international rugby because that must be a, a difficult balance to, um, to achieve. Yeah, yeah. I uh, graduated uh, around April 2019. So uh, kind of thought, oh, I'd be doing nothing for a summer. You know, it'd be really hard to find a job. But uh, lucky enough, through my rugby contacts, um, I got a hold of Eric Cullinan here at uh, FFS, Fitter, Faster, Stronger on Leeson Street. And um, he, he's he been a physiotherapist for, for um, a long time. I really, really experienced. Um, he's also the uh, Wesley physio as well with Nathan Cardi and um, I suppose uh, he was really really keen to get me on board um, with my whole rugby um, knowledge and um, it's a really brilliant gym set up here and um, I knew he would have the, the tools and knowledge to kind of supervise me and, and, and um, upskill me as, as a physio and uh, I suppose knowing that my rugby was so important to me and they, they were so keen to help me balance both uh, it's really been a a brilliant um, job for me because they've they've been so supportive of my um, of my training and weekend camps and things like that. You know they're happy to let me out the door a little bit early um, to, just to to get what I need to do. And um, we have Kieran Ruddock here um, in the gym as well, Reese Ruddock's brother, and, and he's a obviously one of the Irish SNC coaches. So it really helps yeah. to have him on board and keep an eye on my my training when I'm in the gym here too. So yeah, uh, yeah it's really been a match made in heaven, and it's and it's definitely improved my my game as well yeah yeah and do you find then playing international rugby does it help you as a physio to understand the sort of rigors that your body are put through for for athletes that you you treat and things like that I suppose that ties in quite well you know you can understand what it takes to get back on the pitch for example or if someone's carrying a nail you know exactly what that feels like and lack of confidence someone might have returning from an ACL or something like that um, is that something which which ties in well? Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, yeah. It it really helps to have that uh, little bit of my own uh, experience of injury and and trying to re- return to play. And um, I'd be an awful patient myself, to be honest. I I was always trying to rush back onto the pitch when I wasn't quite ready. Yeah. Uh, so I understand. I have empathy with with athletes and where they're coming from, and um, I can really delve deeper into their whole kind of. Um, sports um values and and where they're at and and you know if they do need to be back quicker than you know their average person i'll, I'll do everything in my power to, to do that and and um having that awareness of rugby especially i kind of know the, the movements and the kind of physical impact and contact requirements they need to be able to get back and, and to succeed and be, be strong so um yeah, it definitely definitely has helped me. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's helped me being impatient uh, <laughs> too much, but luckily that hasn't happened too much. Yeah, yeah. And as it's really interesting to hear more about you as a person as well. What I've noticed with a lot of the people I've interviewed is that you can be a completely different person on and off the pitch. So, <laughs> in terms of your personality, like how would your friends describe you, and how does that change whenever you step onto the pitch? Or you must be a very competitive, driven person. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't see myself as massively competitive or or driven, but uh, I suppose in a subtle way, I always have been. Um, but my friends think I'm very chilled and relaxed. You know, just having a laugh the whole time. Um. 
but I do have to say once I get onto the training pitch or if I'm preparing for a match I'm very like uh, into myself and really focused on the game I'm a little bit ruthless as well when it comes to training and I do set myself um, quite high targets to, to hit you know in terms of like passing consistency um, I'll, I'll be quite ruthless in my video reviews and things as well just to make sure that I'm I'm the best possible player myself and and um, we're constantly growing all the time and I'm I'm uh, I'm mad passionate about rugby and I'm, I'm loving the super rugby at the minute and the, the, the nines uh, I'm really watching what they're doing and I'm like oh you know I want to do that um, obviously they're yeah. they're allowed to <laughs> to play um, quite wide expansive rugby and I I, I want to bring that back um, <laughs> into yeah. the women's game as well as yeah. much as I can but yeah. uh, no I'm quite a chilled uh, laid back person but when I get on the pitch I don't think there's any photos of me like smiling or like looking happy to be there. I'm like a wee like gnarly scrum half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just scrum half you're there for your bossing people around. Is that is that yeah. sort of, there, there is a ruthlessness? Is there a lot of of sort of in, in training? Is there a lot of shouting and uh, correcting people and stuff like that? So is that what goes on? Uh, yeah, I suppose um, as scrum halves, like we have to. Uh, kind of orchestrate the the forwards and and um get get them organized so unfortunately yeah. like that requires a bit of shouting and a bit Absolutely. of hand gestures and things like that but uh i i've learned over the years kind of to come out of myself and, and to be more confident doing that and and uh yeah i try to do it in the nicest way possible but uh i do get quite lively at times and especially yeah. you know, if i can see an opportunity for us to really um capitalize on uh yeah a blind spot or whatever i'll, I'll you know, go for it. Be, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they'll thank <laughs> yeah. me for it someday. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I think it's true among like a lot of top players. So even if I was watching, it was the Lions um, documentary from the last tour, and it was Johnny Sexton's ruthless in training, oh, and yeah. uh, he's a good example. Even like other sports as well. If you I don't know if you've seen it, but the Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Brilliant, yeah. It's yeah. great, isn't it? And he's amazing. I know he's, uh, he wouldn't be an easy person to get on with, but that's part of why he's so good as well. You know, you've got yeah. to that ruthlessness to it as well. So, Absolutely, um, yeah. 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 I kind of noticed that with uh, Nora Stapleton as well. That's, yeah. uh, that was kind of what drew me to Belva as well. She's, she's like that kind of Michael Jordan, Johnny Sexton, ruthless, yeah. like, High yeah. standards, you know. God forbid I give her a bad pass. Like I <laughs> wouldn't be able to sleep that night, kind of thing. You know, just yeah. and, that, and that's really, really good. It was. It really, really helped me to, to become a really super consistent um, scrum half passer. And and um, you know, you do need people like that just to kind of make that's you realize, right. oh, I can be better and better. And um, yeah, because you can yeah. get stuck and settle for for stuff, but. Yeah. Sorry, no, you go I, on. I, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh no, no, that's no, that's absolutely. It's um, it, it's interesting to hear about that. You know, a common theme among different interviews is there's a, a level of obsession the top players have, and obviously, as a scrum half, you talk there about consistency, about making sure every pass is perfect. How do yeah, you keep? Yeah. How how do you keep that motivation up? Do you know to to train and train hard, even when there are days that you don't feel like training? Is there something trying to get to the core of sort of what drives you to, to, to compete at that top level? Because at the end of the day, you see a lot of top athletes and they, they just they maybe fall out of favor or out of form 
and they give up. And there must be days whenever you know uh, I'm actually working later on or I'm like uh, have clients in or something and you're just like I couldn't be arsed doing more training. What keeps you going in, on those days or what goes through your head to, to make that level of sacrifice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's definitely times like that. And I can think back to when I was um, finishing up my degree last year and, and I handed in my dissertation the day before the France game um, in Dublin. And uh, I was kind of thinking at that time, I was like, oh, what am I doing? But yeah. honestly, when you're, when you're in that moment and when you've been able to put on the green jersey and walk out in front of all your you know, friends, families, neighbours, people that you know, don't watch rugby, but they're just so enthused by the women's game, it's... Uh, makes everything worth it and uh like i've been playing from age eight and it's kind of always something that i've been really keen to 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 do and um i just think every day that i get a chance to walk on the football pitch or rugby pitch that like i'm so lucky to be here and i should take every advantage to to do so i've been doing a lot of work in um a lot of locum work in the beacon hospital lately and i've been in places like icu and things like that And, and you know you see you see uh, like sad situations where people aren't able to to um, enjoy really super active lifestyles like myself so yeah. that's that's a really nice reminder to me it's like okay you know you've been um, given these massive opportunities so um take them and, and enjoy them run with them so yeah uh, i yeah. suppose i'm just kind of blessed to be in that fortunate situation to be yeah um like an, an elite athlete so yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great attitude because so many, as you say, so many people for whatever reason wouldn't get the chance. And although it's it's hard work yeah. at the minute, I'm sure you'll, you'll never regret the work you put in to play for our Ireland. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it, it does sound like life for you could be like a bit of a relentless cycle of work and training, work yeah. and training every day, groundhog day type thing. <laughs> and as much as you seem to enjoy it. Um, that must take a toll on sort of your mental health as well. And how do you look after your mental health? And do you have to make a real conscious effort to be sort of mindful and reflect on, say, you've you've won a game or whatever? Do you have to have to make a real conscious effort to set aside time to appreciate that? Because I imagine, do you know, you're thinking about your next shift or whatever, and there might not be time to do that all, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose I definitely would still, as a young player, I'm 23, so I've got loads to loads to learn still. I, I would yeah. um, struggle to manage my expectations of myself and, and um, be able to detach a little bit from, you know, the last game. Sometimes I'll, I'll be haunted by, you know, that one pass that I threw or things like that. You know, yeah. you have to just kind of move on. And, and um, we're really lucky at um, Ireland and Ulster that we've got loads of support um, there, like, the tackle your feelings, for example, is is brilliant um, resource, and um, every player is like entitled to a little bit of um, sports psychology as well. To, yeah. to just you know, if there's anything going on, just to make sure that they're we're in the right um, frame of mind. And uh, I suppose learning to learning little ways of getting over things. So, for example, I, I um, think it comes from basketball that kind of visualizing. Um, yeah. The shot and uh, yeah. I would do a lot of like visualizing and, and visualizing my box kicks and my passing and stuff like that pre-game and it just means I'm kind of I don't have that doubt or that lack of confidence going into games I just know okay this is what I'm doing and um, I've kind of learned my way of um, 
going into matches and preparing myself in the best way. So I like to be on my own. I like to get my headphones on and, and chill and just not really think too much about the match. But other people yeah. like to be in big, massive groups and laugh and dance and, you know, sing and things. Whereas I'm like, no, I just need to stay chilled and composed. Because, um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just as you get a bit older, you, you start to notice what, what things work for you and what things yeah. really don't work for you. And uh, yeah. getting into that kind of Zen thing, I suppose, like watching The Last Dance and stuff like that, you'd see how different players prepare themselves for different games. A lot of them like seem to have a, an absolute ball, a blast uh, when they yeah. were getting set up for the basketball games. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's really helped me kind of being aware of what works for me, what doesn't work, and how, how to cope with kind of the crap news or... Yeah, that information, yeah. but it's all learning. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And there's a level of resilience, I suppose, involved in being playing at a top level in any sport because you, you, there'll be times where you don't have a good game or um, maybe you don't get picked or something like that. And having that resilience to bounce back is um, is so important. And again, is a theme of, of different interviews. Like so many of the guys I've spoken to, they've sort of got into rugby, professional rugby almost without exception by there's been some element of luck like someone's got injured or something like that and you've just they've just ended up getting a contract and then they've kicked on from there yeah. but um um and actually whenever i was saying that a name popped into my head john cooney is there because obviously he came to ulster and really kicked on like i think everyone absolutely and yeah. ulster was a bit like pinar's gone who's this bad coming in and he's been class in terms of like scrum halves, both in, in the men and women's game, is there someone, or sorry, players, is there anyone that you particularly looked up to uh, um, growing up or even now, like that you aspire to be like as a player or, um, yeah, that has, looking at them has motivated you? Yeah, yeah, I suppose um, growing up, the likes of, like um, Peter Stringer would have been one of the first scrum half on my on my radar but even yeah. at, the, at that age of mini rugby you know you don't think you're going to be a scrum half like I played yeah. a lot like on the wing and center and stuff at that age yeah. and sure everybody else caught up with me and I uh, stayed like <laughs> five foot zero but um <laughs> that, I kind of um the likes of Ogara and um oh there were so many players Draco at that stage were, were yeah. massive influences in my game but uh I think today uh the likes of Aaron Smith, TJ Pernara, um, Faf de Clerk. Yeah, he's, amazing. He's someone that kind of came out of nowhere and he's just running a riot at the minute with uh, yeah. <laughs> with yeah. his rugby. But um, oh, class. definitely yeah. John Cooney has stood out in the past years as somebody that's kind of, he's been so resilient to failures and to, to um, any setbacks that he's just kind of taken off yeah. now. And I, re I really do think he deserves um every break he gets because he's just um, outstanding and, and um, obviously he's such a um, he's so good off the tee and everything as well he's such a useful player so yeah, um, yeah. Well, hopefully he gets his his big break now yes I know I know absolutely he's, he's been waiting long enough um, and j uh, like just winding up here like I want to ask you a wee bit about like how you got into rugby in the first place because and develop the passion for it as well, because I know I know that you're into different sports and stuff like that. But like, what made rugby stand out for you, and who were the people who encouraged you whenever you were younger to pursue this as a, as an option? Um, I suppose 
I grew up in Enniskillen and I lived literally like 200 meters from the rugby club there and uh, my dad is a massive uh, rugby fan and he um, he was club captain and everything and as a hooker as well he, he was of the opinion you know, that they were the, the motherboards of the, the rugby team so yeah. I was never done hearing about like you know his amazing rugby experiences <laughs> and tours and everything and you know I, I was brought up to the club to watch men's games from you know day zero so um, I just fell in love with, with the game and, and um, his keen eye watching rugby as well he picked up a lot of tactics and a lot of you know really important insights uh, into the game so I suppose I there wasn't really any girls rugby at my age and, and um, I started with the soccer team in Bowden Mallard from about age six and um, played a couple of years there really really enjoyed the soccer as well obviously and you know, there's loads of opportunities in terms of like the the um oh what's it called again it was like samba soccer that were yeah. brazilian kits and stuff like that like all yeah. that i can remember summers like that um but at the back of my head i was always driving past um the rugby club where the, the lads were playing mini rugby and i always thought oh you know i want to play i want to play and my parents it, it would have stopped me so i went to the club one day and, and the coaches were kind of like oh you know we've never had any girls um yeah. <laughs> train here so uh yeah you know, she, she's she's really really small like she shouldn't be playing but uh, uh luckily my dad was there and he was like oh no you're gonna throw her in there <laughs> <laughs> so, he, knew, um, he knew you were more than capable of, of yeah, yeah that was the under eights and and um sure wasn't i on the team bus the next weekend going down to virginia to play a match or a blitz or whatever with the boys so Amazing. um that that was kind of that was the start of it, and oh, I played both the soccer and the rugby up until about twelve, and then for some reason I think under fifteens level, you know, we couldn't play girls um, with boys for some reason. Yeah. So um, I continued with the soccer. Luckily, played Northern Ireland level um, under fifteen, under nineteens with that. So again, that was an amazing experience for me to kind of get an in, insight into the top level of sport and you know where you have to be to, to perform so I have that little bit of an advantage behind me that when I did get back to rugby and um, the tag rugby in school and then the under 18s with club and stuff I you know I had that little bit of okay this is this is kind of the standards that that we need to be at and um, just made then the progression into the Ulster setup uh, quite seamless and, and um, yeah it was, it was uh, probably getting the under 18 Ulster stuff under my belt was a massive confidence booster for me in terms of rugby and the likes of Zoe Templeton and Neil Alcorn and you know coaches I got there they're outstanding and, and, and rightfully so they're they're getting the recognition now like with success of the under 18 girls at the minute like yeah they're they're, they're consistently getting girls in the Irish um underage sevens teams and stuff now as well so Fantastic. hopefully that'll that'll come into the, to the senior team too and there'll be more of yeah. us uh, Ulster heads <laughs> yeah yeah I know senior women but um, yeah that was um, kind of where I started and now I'm yeah. here I know amazing so so both in international and rugby and football which is um, not uh, <laughs> not a common thing so that's amazing um, but it, it was interesting saying about the women's game generally so whenever you went to play mini rugby you're the only girl and um, I suppose that was my experience as well growing up. It's, you know, I played many rugby yeah. and I don't remember, I think there was maybe one or two girls would have shown up over the course of all the years I was there. Yeah, in yeah. In, in terms of like <laughs> women's rugby generally, like what state do you think it's in? And also what do you think can be done to improve? 
move women from B, particularly in Ireland, where the situation is a bit different to England. Um, it's, yeah. you know, uh, in terms of being part-time and stuff. So, 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 yeah, what do you think is the state of, of women's rugby? And, and, you know, how can, how can people support it and how, how can it be improved as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly qualified to answer the question, but um, I definitely feel that in Ulster, there's definitely massive efforts going towards um, setting up the kind of grassroots um, mini girls teams. Um, I think definitely more girls are playing with the boys as well from a younger age as well. And coaches are a lot more comfortable coaching um, girls within their teams too. Uh, I think the school setups are definitely getting there. They're still a little bit behind. I mean, tag rugby is great, but you know, you should get them playing the contact stuff from, yeah. you know, first year, same as the boys, like there should be a school's cup possibly as well yeah. in Ulster anyway. Um, with the likes of my, my old school and a skill and collegiate or it's Eric's now. And, you know, there's, there's definitely schools there that could participate. I think in that sort of yeah. level, that would really um, help the Ulster women's system. You know, you're getting a lot more younger girls coming through with, with more game experience um, from a younger age, which is, which is huge. Um, and then I suppose uh, they're, they're definitely, um, are those club setups in, in Ulster as well, but possibly we just need need more people attending games more. You know, I know we can't compete with England's um, threshold numbers of, of people participating in sport, but um, I think in terms of social media and uh, just media platforms altogether, they, they get more, more men and women uh, supporting yeah. games and... Uh, and of course, then you're going to encourage more younger girls into the sport. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the national level, like we have fantastic resources and, and facilities made available to us. So um, it's it's up to us now to kind of capitalise on that and, and really start getting the, the good performances in and uh, can't wait for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for things to turn to go back to normal and um yeah, yeah I think everyone yeah, has, has has really missed sports so I'm sure you more than anyone can't, can't wait uh, to get back well, to well yeah. Uh, yeah um, I'm very lucky now living with Jenny Murphy and stuff at home I can still kick yeah. a ball around and, and oh, that's great. going yeah. with my skills but <laughs> yeah yeah I know oh, that's so good actually you can keep each other motivated um yeah and, yeah so final, final, final question is: What advice would you give to any young woman in particular who aspired to play for Ireland or play at a high level? That's because um, not everyone will maybe play for Ireland, but yeah, and or even looking to get into rugby, what advice would you give them? That's probably a tough um, question. My advice would be: uh, get yourself into get yourself into a club, um, no matter if you have to travel. Like if you have to travel half an hour to an hour to get to your club, just do it. That's kind of that's where rugby is at at the minute. There's there's um not as many clubs around for for girls, but just do it. Go for it. Um, keep watching lots of rugby. Watch as much rugby as possible. Just um immerse yourself in in the men's game. Watch Ulster. Watch Ireland. Watch um all the Premiership rugby. You know, just completely buy into it and uh, then you know start asking questions of the older girls in the club like if there's Ulster players around you get in touch with them you know ask them I want to want to work on these things you know because we're we're all super happy to to help out the the younger girls and um I know myself I, I'd love to 
get back up home and, and you know jump into the schools and, and try and share a bit of my knowledge and, and um, skills skills with the girls but uh, yeah just use absolutely every opportunity that comes your way and, and um, you'll, there'll be setbacks and there'll be times where you don't get picked but um, use that as a really good opportunity to, to better yourself and, and um, yes stick at it just to be, be ruthless <laughs> yeah yeah oh no, that's that's great and I hope there's there's sort of um, people listening who are inspired by that and that it is possible to have a, a, a job and study and, and play international rugby as well however difficult that may be <laughs> you've proven it's possible and have a life <laughs> and have a life exactly as a Buddhist yeah um, so um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I uh, really appreciate you taking the time this morning oh, thanks very much Peter that's no it's it's, yeah. it's great to have you on and um, yeah say hello to Jenny if she remembers who I am that was about six months ago now and um, she will yeah. she will <laughs> I, I, I hope uh, I hope work goes well today and yeah oh, thanks thank again you. no problem okay. Peter it was lovely lovely chatting to you all Cheers. the best okay so thanks bye, bye.